we are talking about a comic book which we all read. If you did not also read this comic book, be aware we may talk about the events that happen inside of it. If this is going to make you sad, you should read the comic book first. That's like playing pretend with five-year-olds. Oh, that Spider-Man, he was just a clone. Did I just have a stroke? Welcome to the Trade Secrets Podcast. I have tough skin, apparently. I did not know I had this power. Comic book talk by comic book geeks just like you. What we did not know was that Nikolai Tesla was the original designer of the Fleshlight. Make it, make it, do it, makes us... Welcome, everybody, to episode 73 of the Trade Secrets Podcast. I am Luke, and I am here with Andy Padel. Hey! Joel Simon. Sup? And Eddie Isaac. Ohio. Uh, on this show, we are talking about uh, a graphic novel, an original graphic novel from DC that came out recently called Black Canary and Zatanna Bloodspell. Um, it is a self-contained story. It is not part of a. It is not a monthly. Zatanna Zatero. Uh, and for the life <laughs> of me, Stanley, right I cannot fucking remember who what? wrote it. Paul Dini and Paul Joe Cononis. Uh, yeah, Joe Cononis. Joe Cononis did the art. So, um, Paul Dini, as everyone will remember, is of of Batman animated yep. series fame. Yep. Um, uh, so, before we get into that, we will. There, there was one thing that I wanted to talk about. Did you guys actually look at the stuff that I posted? I like, did. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, like, I'm, by the way, I'm a little bit pissed. <laughs> if I would have known that reading was required to be on this podcast, yeah, I know. <laughs> like <laughs> pretty pictures. Maybe you should have graduated high school then. Like what? <laughs> um, okay, so. I saw this. I saw this thing. It, by the way, this is so fucking weird doing this without headphones. It's it's, it's very like, strange. Like I know my voice cracked at one point, but I'm dreading hearing like yeah. you know the, the <laughs> podcast later on. I'm like, hey guys, yeah. For listeners, we are um, we our podcast kit usually has headphones for everybody, and we've we're missing a component, so we're doing this headphoneless, and it's really weird because we none of none of us can actually hear the audio that's other than what's coming out of our mouths. Um, More behind the scenes with trade yeah, secrets. Yeah. What did um, people do before headphones? They did this. Yeah. So, <laughs> so on the internet, uh, Ooh, the internet. a thing happened. Ooh, At the internet. First of all, let's we'll talk a little bit about the fact that uh, San Diego Comic Con happened last weekend. Oh, yeah, um, yep. It was in between shows for us, which is actually good because we can actually talk about some of the stuff that happened there. A lot of Easter eggs. Um, I have stopped giving a fuck about things that happen at, at San Diego. Um, mostly because, one, I'm never going to go to the show. Uh, really? Ever? No. I, I've, so, I don't know if I've talked. I know I've talked about my travails and trying to get into the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, actually, their badge uh, process is, is probably one of the best for a show that is wildly oversold, right? You know, the, the when when you've got a show that can accommodate, I think they said, I think they accommodate 200,000 people over the course of four days. Um, and at any given time, I think it's like 70 or 80,000 in the, in the actual convention hall. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they do a good job of making sure that you can't like, you can't resell your badges because it's under your name. You have to have an account that's under your real name. Um, they only allow one person to buy like, I think two badges tops or two of each kind of badge. Right. So it's like you, and, and even then um, what they'll do is like when Christina and I applied for it uh, a couple of years ago, which was really cool. They, 
we both had our unique accounts. And when you go into the badge process, you can you can um, you can name someone else who you want to buy badges for. Mm-hmm. They have to have an account, mm-hmm. right? And what they'll do is like, say Christina and I both get into the queue and we both go in and we order badges for each other. What they do is they go through the list afterward and find the 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 double ups and eliminate them. Mm. So like if she bought two badges and named me and I bought two badges and named her, they will just eliminate the the double order and each of us will get badges. Mm. Which is really cool, right? It's a, I think that's a great way to do it because yeah. it's it's still a the queue is still fucking retarded. Yes, yeah, it's, it's horrible. Um we were when I ordered when we ordered badges a couple of years ago, we um I was in the queue for two and a half hours, I want to say. Um I got into the queue 45 seconds after it opened. I was in the queue for two and a half hours. 40 badges were sold out by the time that I got in. Um, I, I heard that if you if you go if you gone before, it's easier to get badges. Like if you like or it something seems like kind that. Seems bass backwards to me a little bit. Uh, for for a show that sells that many badges and has that many people, it, it almost feels like you should like people who have gone before should be shunted to the bottom of the list so that new people can come experience yeah. it. That's my personal opinion, mm. but eh. it's almost like however it's they want to handle it's it. Almost it's almost seems like it's getting to the point where it's like a it's starting to be one of those events where you have to know somebody. It's like oh, well, I know this person, or you have to be an industry professional to get. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, like, I don't. That's I've been there before, and I was talking to my buddy Will, who was there. Uh, have you been year. there as a consumer or only for work? Uh, only for work. Okay. I'm just curious. I was yeah, just curious, but like, um, but so I was talking to my buddy Will, who was there, and he was explaining the Lego minifigs line, yeah. which was a two-hour line that you got into, and you got to the front of that line, and you got a a thing, uh-huh. like a, a barcode thing, uh-huh. just a barcode, nothing else on it. But then from that line, you got into a second line. Right. That second line was two hours, which led you to a third line in a different location. And when you got through <laughs> that two-hour line, wait for it, wait for it, you got into a final line. <laughs> where there were three people and you would walk up with the barcode thing and it was random if it flashed green you got something if it flashed red you didn't get anything that's oh, a waste, that's a waste oh, of time wow. that is a waste of time I'm not, not, not you, that's your, that's your nope. day you're wasting your entire day for the I had heard people talk about 50, that for a 50-50 chance of getting something that they had they had went, there was a lot of promotional stuff or or special edition stuff that they had to get in line for. Yeah. And they they get there before the show, wait in line for like three or four hours, and then they wouldn't get anything. Well, and that, and that's that's one of the things that baffles me the most about about San Diego, and the thing that I just can't I can't figure out. I there are literally people who so Hall H is the big the big one. The big place where the biggest panels happen, right? Mm. And people literally wait a day and a half to see or two panel. days in a line. And what they'll do is they'll they'll wait and they'll get in line at, in the morning of one day for panels for the next day. Yeah, they will go into the panel hall at the beginning of the day for a panel that happens at like four in the afternoon. Just so that they can get in there and get a seat and then sit there and all wait. fucking day for the day. one panel that one they want to go. And it doesn't matter what the other panels are. They just hover, right? Um, and then, the, you know, they'll, as people filter out, they'll like filter up and try and get better seats and all this shit. But it's like, you paid for a four day badge to a con to spend a day of it in a line and a day of it in one panel 
hall. Yeah. And yeah. I cannot fathom that. See, and, and then you paid for a either. fucking you paid for a fucking hotel room so that you could sleep on the sidewalk. I don't yeah, I, can't, under- I, yeah. I cannot get this through my skull. Because it's the, it's like there the, is nothing that they could do that would be so entertaining and so like there is no part of fandom that would make me so hardcore that I would do that. The, the yeah. only panel I've ever I can ever say that I've waited the most time for was the PAX panel, the picture-on-video game. And you know what? And, and even that was and, only like a that, couple hours. And that wasn't even that bad. Yeah. Well, one, because we were all together and stuff right. like that. But at the same time, like, one, it's worth it. it, it it's worth it to go to. But I've seen other panels at PAX and at Emerald City that I've wanted to go to. And then I go, I get there, and I try to get there early, and I look at the line. There's already freaking 200 people waiting. I'm just like, you know what? Whatever, man. Yeah. Just, well, yeah. Oh well. Well, well. Yeah. I'm not. I'm the not. Thing, yeah. The thing that blows me away <laughs> that I saw this because I was giving away stuff is that people would line up for something because they know something's going to happen at at a certain time. Mm-hmm. I can start a random. And then line. there are other people that get in that line just for the sake of it being a line. Right. Just for the like. And that's that's and, what, and like, they come up and it's like, hey, I'm so what's this that. line for? It's like you don't know, but I'm, you're standing in it for an hour. I'm yeah, gonna do that idiot. next time. Just I go to a start con, a line I'm gonna start somewhere. A random line <laughs> somewhere and see how many people line up. Just take up. a bunch of just take a bunch of like tents of barriers. Yep. And just set up a queue somewhere yep. and then just stand at the front of it and society. see. How, yeah. I'm surprised that a show <laughs> that a show like Nathan for you or so you know some comedy show hasn't done something Ultimate like troll. that. Mm-hmm. Right. Just Ultimate just set up set up a line somewhere. Wait for people is like yeah yeah I'm pretty sure Lego did that if there's four lines and then at the end of it you're like nope you didn't get anything well and and not to mention the other the so we're lucky enough to have Emerald City Comic Con here which I've been to a lot of shitty small comic cons in different cities that are glorified dealers rooms and they don't have you know the they don't have the greatest like attendance mm. uh, as far as like creators and everything goes. We're lucky that Emerald City is phenomenal for the number and breadth of creators that it gets yeah, in the show indeed. and that we can really interact is. with. So in that respect, like that makes that's another uh notch in the I'm never going to San Diego belt because like I just don't if I if I didn't have something like Emerald City, there would be a part of my brain that's like, oh, maybe so you I don't really feel like you're missing anything. Basically. Exactly, um, but but the funny thing is, watching my Twitter feed over the course of San Diego Comic Con, and it goes from anticipation, oh, San Diego's almost here, and then people are like, oh, I'm on my way to San Diego Comic Con. And then they get to San Diego and like this place is awesome. It's like seventy eight degrees and it's fucking fantastic and everything's beautiful and blah 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 blah. <laughs> and then over the course of the weekend, it goes like my feet hurt. I just sat on the sidewalk for seven hours. Holy shit, the lines here are fucking the crowds and everybody's farting and fuck this place. Yeah, and that's really it. Really, everybody comes down like the creators that go there are like. Yep, going to San Diego Comic Con, and then by day two, all the creators are like Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> you know, <laughs> no, no, I was like, following. Uh, I think uh, Matt Fraction went that butt stuff. Well, butt stuff werewolf. Butt, butt stuff, stuff werewolf. Into, yeah, butt stuff into werewolf. Butt stuff werewolf. Uh, he went down just for the Eisner Awards. And if you don't have to work it, the people who are in the industry, they just show up for like the award ceremony and then immediately and leave gone. San Diego. So many of the creators that go there fucking hate it. Yeah, like yeah. there are people who are like most of them when you when you listen to them talk before in the lead up to San Diego. Um, 
a lot of them, the only reason they go is because they have to, right? Yeah. Like, they've got something to promote, and they're like, I better fucking go to San Diego Comic-Con. Yeah. Yeah. Do signings at the image booth. And um, and it's just interesting to me because it's this, it is grown, it's so far beyond its scope. Yeah. And so much of what happens at San Diego Comic-Con doesn't actually happen at San Diego Comic-Con, right? There's so much shit going on around it in San Diego now, too, that it's it's just phenomenal to me that, like, part of me is curious to go and just figure, you know, just to experience, but, like, like I said, when we did it a couple years ago, we got badges. We ended up missing the preview night, but we got single-day badges for the four days of the con. And we're like, okay, this is cool. And then we tried to get a hotel room. And fuck that noise. <laughs> um, this is one of those instances where they... San Diego Comic-Con literally has deals with just about every hotel in the city of San Diego so that instead of people booking on their own, you book through San Diego Comic-Con's website. Nice. And they have, a, they have this queue that's actually again it's a pretty cool idea but like the queue opens up you go in and you have a list of of different areas of san diego so like the gas lamp district and like different neighborhoods right so you figure out where all your hotels are ahead of time and then what i did is i i went in i opened up the list and they say pick i i think it's 30 hotel you can pick up to 30 hotels ranked in order of which one you want to stay at right yeah. i picked like it was like fucking 30 hotels and all of them were gas lamp and yeah. i'm just like i was literally no shit in the queue within seconds of it opening click 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 submit Sold 30 out. hotels Book. i got a hotel 45 minutes away from the convention center Ouch. Not even one that was on the list of things that I that I um, selected. Yeah. And that's the point where I went, where Christina and I went, we're like, do we really want to drive 45 minutes back and forth to our hotel that's room? And Christina are like, no, not really. And that's we just gave it up and we gave our badges back. Yeah, yeah. Because we're spoiled, right? We're sp- I'm a little spoiled on Emerald City because we've got a table, of course. But even without a table, it was and, still and like... And packs also. And packs. And yeah. I'm spoiled with Gen Con because even as big as Gen Con is... Um, we like the last two times we went to Gen Con, we had a hotel room attached to the convention center Oops. where you go in, you buy something, you walk it back to your hotel room and then you go back to the convention yeah. center. And that's what, that's what I would want at San Diego because it's a swag con, right? Yeah. That's like probably you, what made Evo so awesome. One. So it's at the Las Vegas hotel and casino. I had a room. So what do I do? I walk, I get on the elevator, I go downstairs I see the hall. I play yep. my pools. If I'm tired, I go back up to my room and I go. I had a nap. Yep. Like, and that and that's that's what makes it so great. And I think a lot, of, but a lot, I think a lot of the big cons are starting to do that. There's because uh, Evo even had it where you go to their website and you can do everything through them. You can book your hotel yeah. and all that stuff through yeah. them. As War Machine Weekend to, is that way as well. It is War Machine Weekend, the yeah. convention that Joel and I go to. Yeah. It's it's awesome. Now, mind you, we went a different route and got a hotel next to the hotel hmm. because the rooms were infinitely better and it was cheaper. Yeah. But yeah. it was across the parking so lot. better. Yeah. yeah. The, well, the only minus, I guess, this time, uh, do we ever, I didn't even think I ever talked about Evo, did I? No, Not much. But um, the only like the only minus this time is that it wasn't on the Vegas Strip, which is bit which which not being on the Strip, it's been on the Strip for like the last few years. Where, where was Balrog? He was just wandering around <laughs> looking for people. Like, yeah. Where'd everybody go? Yeah, I know. 
we were at like we were in you're in the lvh right yeah okay. so it's like off the strip it's really not that far when you think about it no it isn't but, but it's it's not with where everything's happening but so it's it's like three quote-unquote vegas blocks off the strip which three, is three a vegas, vegas block is actually a long yeah like a vegas <laughs> block is like the size of redmond yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. especially so, if you have to walk by the stratosphere the yes. <laughs> yeah right yeah oh. we we walked from we walked from the strip to the strat one the first time we went there and yeah. there's some there's some scary shit that Sketchy. you walk walk oh, through yeah. to get there. Oh, there, <laughs> is, there is. Vegas is not. It's it's so funny because it it's really. They'll tell you even a lot of people that I I know some people that are from there and they're like, yeah, man, look, just uh, you know, you can go to Old Vegas like downtown or whatever, this and that. Um, basically, stay in the tourist areas. Because right. Everything outside of the tourist areas is like. Gotham until you yeah. get to <laughs> until you get to suburbs, which people, yes, like, yeah. some people are like oh, the suburbs are fine, but like yeah, that it's it, like it, it, the Strip yep. and Fremont Street, <laughs> yep. and everything surrounding it is like this horrible it's, miasma of crime. It's yeah. Gotham. It's like, <laughs> it's so I gotta crazy. say, I was I was at San Diego Comic Con and mm-hmm. we stayed at Point Loma or Liberty Point, which is right next to the the uh, military base, the Navy base, mm-hmm. and across from the airport. And I was at first, I was like, "Ah, oh, this is so shitty." You know, I'm not really down in downtown. I can't go anywhere. The restaurants. I didn't realize like a mile away was the Stone Brewery. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it was amazing. And and I got that Woot Stout. It was Imperial Stout from um, um, Will Wheaton. Uh, yeah, that that was that was the highlight of my day. Not San Diego Comic Con. No, not doing or seeing San anything. Diego Comic Con. I, I I almost feel like it's not a highlight for anything for anybody. No, like I just I know some people. Like there's some people who uh, who've you know who've listened to the show and. There's some people who I, I'm friends with on Twitter who who are genuinely like, yeah, this is awesome because like, uh, there's a guy I'm friends with on Twitter, Josh Cruz, who uh, he goes every year and he lives in San Diego, so it's like, oh, this is, he so loves breezy. it. But it's it, but it's almost the same way. I I almost feel the same way about PAX where since I live here, I don't feel any urgency for PAX. Like I get my PAX badges if I can get them, um, and then. I don't. I don't go. I do not go like first thing in the morning. Like I get downtown early. I get a good parking space. Christina and I go get some fucking breakfast somewhere. We chill out. We usually don't even go to the hall for packs until at least an hour after the hall opens, because and because there's this you know there's this press and this rush and everybody's (laughs) just like and the doors open and everybody fucking runs in there and it's it's like. It's fucking video games, guys. Come on. <laughs> Calm down. Uh, so, yes. But you get to play them before yeah. anybody else. You know, it's that whole internet. But it's, you know, yes and no. It's another first. line problem, though, right? Yeah. Like, that was the one thing when the when they had when they were demoing Borderlands 2 there a couple years ago. And you would get in line. It's a, it's a San Diego Comic-Con thing. You get in line at 8 o'clock in the morning for the con hall to open at 11. You'd get into the con hall and get into another line. And when I was asking about the Borderlands 2 line, how long is this line? And the guy at the booth said, six to seven hours. And I went, are you fucking... People, <laughs> people are waiting in line You're for, your whole for day. 10 hours to play a game that will be demoable on the PlayStation Same. Network within weeks. Yeah. Yeah, that's baffling. Well, I would First, tell you one of the things, because like, you know, I've, I've been here as long as you guys, but for PAX... Sunday, 
was like the ultimate it's day. fantastic because right? <laughs> like I saw everything I wanted to see. I got to see the Infamous Two demo. I could have went and done the yep. Assassin's Creed thing. Like because so all, many people, all the travelers are pretty much gone. So now it's mostly yeah. it's by that time it's mostly locals. A lot of people are flying out on Sunday. It, it, so the Sunday at Sunday afternoon it, it PAX great. is fantastic. And I would tell you what sold me on Emerald City that I know would probably never happen at San Diego. So the initial time I went to Emerald City, um, one of my favorite artists, Greg Capullo, was mm-hmm. there. Right, he had a panel. And we're sitting in there, and he comes to the panel, and he goes, um, I kind of just found out that I had this panel. I don't know what it's supposed to be about. So you guys just want to ask me, like, questions? <laughs> and I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. This is great. That would I don't think that would ever happen at San Diego, something that, like, kind of Everything dis- is so organized. planned. That's what and- I'm saying. And then he was like, I have an hour, so let's talk. Let's, you know, whatever. Has to, whatever. On, on that subject a little bit, like, um, uh, very short – Somebody posted something to Twitter about an interview that uh, with Brian Hitch and, or no, sorry, David Finch and somebody else, the writer of Wonder Woman, who I can't. Uh, Brian Azzarello. No, 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 no. It was uh, older, older writer, newer, brand new writer of a new Wonder Woman book that Brian hit or that David Finch is drawing. Anyway, it's, it's unimportant because the interviewer asks them something about the fact that like David Finch had made some comment a couple weeks ago about, or a few weeks ago about how he didn't think he doesn't consider Wonder Woman a feminist um, and it was just because it was it was like an offhanded thing where he's like, she is a powerful character, blah blah blah. But feminist, he was divorcing it from feminism, whatever. And of course, the internet exploded at him. Yeah. Um, and they, he gets asked a question about it in this in this interview on CBR, and he starts talking about how she's a powerful character and how this stuff and blah blah blah. And then it, they put this in the interview, and it he kind of says something about her being, you know, this powerful woman and with a powerful build. And then it says, and then it has in parentheses, David trails off. And he just kind of trails off. And then there's a note where the interviewer's like, he was trying to explain, I'm not coming at this defensively. I'm not trying to like corner you or something, but I just want, I'm just kind of curious what your thoughts on the characters, feminism, blah, blah, blah. And then in a note in the interview, it's like at this point, a DC public a dc publicity representative steps in and says well i think you can talk about such and such and such and such and that's where i'm like a comic book creator talking about the comic book they're drawing and they've got a fucking publicity guy standing there hovering over the interview that is fucking terrible you know what that actually tangents really well into Uh uh-huh yeah 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 um okay what? There's buses outside. Can nice, you close that? <laughs> nice segue, Andy. Nice. nice segue. We um we we found a thing, and we don't have a lot of time to talk about it, which is actually kind of good because it's kind of stupid. But um, <laughs> we uh this this last weekend uh during 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 and slightly after San Diego Comic Con, uh, the internet again exploded at somebody when um so and I when I say the internet, I mean this dipshit. It got uh, a hashtag. Quanzer. Quanzer at um, a website called medium.com. Um, so what happened was Eric Stevenson gave his keynote uh, at at Image Expo and he in typical Eric Steven fa- Stevenson fashion was like um, we think we're the best comic company and we're yeah. growing and yeah. blah blah blah. Because there it's was really Eric nothing Stevenson. in the in the the keynote that was nothing that in was the keynote at all. You know, he so. was just basically talking about how everyone's everyone's exclaiming how the comic industry is shrinking, and yet 
um, images business keeps growing. And that was his point the whole th- for the whole thing. It was the whole thing is about being creator owned stuff and blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in the midst of this, they have a video called "Eyes for Image," which somebody somebody people keep labeling it labeling it as propaganda. Well, of course it's propaganda. It's a marketing flick for for image. <laughs> Duh. Um, but what it is is it the, the, this. It's a bunch of high profile image creators. Uh, Eric Larson, Jim Valentino, Kelly Sudaconic, Matt Fraction, Ed Brubaker, a bunch of guys talking about how awesome image is. Mm. And that and Eric Stevenson and and An uh, Joe Casey video. is in there and <laughs> and the, the whole thing is just image is fucking awesome. It's the best deal in town. Blah yeah. blah blah. It's Umbrella Corp. <laughs> <laughs> but in this video, there are exactly two moments where the word editor is said. And Mythical beast. The the the, the most of, quote unquote offensive one was Eric Larson just talking about how there were two comments. One, he was talking about how a guy at DC um, who created a character was told by an editor that a, that his character would not quote unquote would not do that. Yeah. Even though he's the guy that created the character. Yeah. And then another one was just something about how like. Um, editorial, you know, you don't have to with a creator-owned book, you don't have to edit, answer to an editorial staff that's going to prevent you from doing what that you want to do with your stuff. character. That was it. Yeah. And you wouldn't do butt stuff. That, no, that was butt stuff that said that. Yeah, and the and editor. then the, this this editor, I, <laughs> Ryan, editor. I think his name. Oh, I don't remember. He's, his a, name. he's a villain for the comic book exactly. industry. Butt stuff. His the his editor. his Twitter handle is at Quanzer, and I don't remember his name uh, right now. Um, you know, it would be cool. Exactly. Like, you, so you're reading a comic book, and all of a sudden the character's about to do something like really crazy, and the editor pops in, and it's like, huh. You can't do that. That's so cool. uh, Heroes, no, Heroes for Hire has done stuff like that. The yeah. old run from like the, the 90s. The Iron Fist uh, Power Man Heroes for Hire? Yeah. 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 Like they were on a space station that every, like was exploding. Everyone was panicking. And the editor and the narrator both jumped in. And they started panicking. And then <laughs> things went real weird from there. The best, the best was Deadpool uh, Kills the Universe, I think. Yeah. Did you ever read that one? I have not. No. Uh, he goes through and he, he Deadpool kills off all the Marvel characters, Wolverine, Thor, takes them out, Ant-Man, takes them all out. And then when he runs out of people to Wolf. kill, he breaks the fourth wall and then kills the the writer and the uh. editor and the artist. So let me get this straight. He kills the three that you list off are Wolverine, Thor, and Ant-Man. Yeah. How he kills Ant-Man is really good, though. That, that's why I brought it. That was oh, so, memorable. Anyway, tangent. Uh, yeah, go was, ahead. Was he so, did you get it? Drown him in sugar? He, uh, no, I can't find his actual name. Anyway, I, uh, I said his Twitter handle. It's fine. It doesn't matter because he, he went off this rant and wrote this ranty blog about how he originally titled it Image, Image Comics Needs to Stop Demonizing Editors Now. <laughs> and then goes editors. And then <laughs> the editor. Right. And then goes off on this tangent about about. I'm so fucking sick and tired of, you know, uh, them demonizing editors and editors are a necessary part of the industry and blah, 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 blah. And it was like everyone who read that thing went, what the fuck are you even talking about, dude? Um, And then... Tiny penis. Right. Sorry, what? Well, and it's something. It's it's funny. It's something that I've actually encountered in the the course of of working on my book... uh, I've even after promotion you're done with it. Promotion. You get to get those plugs. Here it's not. It's not a plug. It's it's because I worked oh. with a couple of editors, <laughs> and I actually have something relevant to this particular yeah. conversation. Because mm-hmm. I was on I was on a website called TerribleMinds.com. It's run by a guy named Chuck Wendig, who's an author, and he's he's a very opinionated guy with his blog. And he he 
in a post, I was in the comment section of one of his posts, and I was mentioning something about how, like, it got onto the subject of editors, right? And I mentioned something about getting editors for my book, and some dude, some random fucking dude, this self-published author goes, just went off on me. Like, on the opposite end of the spectrum, and... The reason I'm bringing this up is because this is an example of why editors are so fucking gun shy and and can go off like this guy did because this guy was like, well, if you need a fucking book doctor to change your story, then you're not a very good writer in the first place. And I'm like, you have no clue what an editor does. Do you even write? None. You have no fucking idea. And but on but this guy address so I can come over and teabag you in your sleep. (laughs) (laughs) This guy who wrote this article, it feels like he's. He's the editor that has heard that a million times uh, yeah, and yeah. just latches onto yeah. anything that's even remotely talking bad anti-editor, just anti-editor yeah. Yeah. and just <laughs> you know it's just like editor Jesus fucking Christ, your dude. writer has finally returned to the it's, industry it's like somebody writing in about dilbert and saying not all managers are like this you know <laughs> yeah just most really? just most come on and, and you know because what image was saying is like this is a this is a place a place where creatives can create their own ideas and have them put out to the world mm-hmm. right we're a good place for that and that's pretty much all they were going to say and 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 of course, you know, corporate with with all their 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 culture, they have to keep it a certain way. So yes, yeah. um, uh, Eric Stevenson, S- not Eric Stevenson, the, Larson. the guy Eric this, Larson. Eric Larson, thank you. Of course, he's going to say that you know this guy's created an, an idea that he can't is not his own anymore because yeah. he was working for the corporation. You so know, it happens for scientists and. Well, and it- Part two, copyrights and whatnot, and that's one of the things that that hard. Is they there's a there's a differentiation too between an editor an editor who is a collaborator on your on your work mm. and an editorial team whose purpose is main, maintenance of continuity. There's there's a wild yeah. difference between those because yeah. the the editorial team at like Marvel or DC that's that's charged with maintaining continuity. Yeah, they are the guys that step in and jackboot your yeah, and go, hey man, shit. That, it's like, no, you that can't do this any stuff. Sense. But, <laughs> but they're not editors, right? Like, they're not the guys that are collaborating. And it just—it was just funny to me because it, it spawned the hash, the editor, like a bunch of image creators jumped all over this guy on Twitter and were just That's like, true. what the fuck are you talking about? I have an editor on my book. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's just like... Yeah. Real, the, edit, the editor is this, this this character. He's probably about five, six, maybe 200 pounds. He has a giant eraser with him. <laughs> and, and a it, very small it, cock. Just erasing all your shit. I really loved, like, at the end of this, he put in italics that this was this was edited over and over again by, you know, many editors. I'm like, okay, <laughs> editor, yes. part three. You did your job. Live to edit Thank another you. day. Yeah. Even editors are humans. and Like, we understand this. We're not yeah. living in a world editors of Editors are cyborgs from the future. I just I just think it's it's hilarious that okay. people will jump over all over right. this shit, like, so fast. Because it was like... It it was so in that image video was so inoffensive. There was just nothing yeah. there. So for the last couple of weeks, we have been we have been reading uh, the original DC graphic novel Black Canary and Zatanna Bloodspell. Uh, it is a self-contained story, um, kind of a murder mystery type story. Um, Who will do it? Mystery. <laughs> yeah, centered around. Uh, as the title uh, implies, Black Canary and Zatanna. Um, 
it's it's written by Paul Dini uh, and drawn by Joe Quinones, and it's it's interesting. It's, yeah. Um, so I'm I'm gonna start off. Can I say one thing? Yeah, go right ahead. I want to disrespect. No, my you're mind. not allowed to talk on the podcast. Well, you just told me, don't I dare? <laughs> don't chew. I wanted into to raise my. Yeah, but don't eat while you're. Well, I, put it, I put it away. I know. Okay. <laughs> I put I put it put it away. <laughs> nom 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 nom. I want to just express my my disappointment with uh, Anne not being able to show up because I chose this book one because I wanted to read a, a Black Canary Zen story, but I was very in, I want I was also very uh, very interested to hear her opinion of uh, this book because it's a book that is strongly driven by a 99% female cast. Yeah, there's a and it's mostly women. And and yeah. I wanted to actually really um get her opinion on it. And I wanted to prove that he's sensitive. Well, because well because we always talked about this on the show before of a man a man's ability as a writer to express the views of female characters whether strong, passive, submissive, aggressive, what have you in any in any capacity and i mean i know we'll get to it but i think for these two characters uh, for the female cast in general i actually think it was done fairly well yeah. especially the characters of zatanna and black canary well i mean paul paul dini has always been good at writing his female characters right, right, like right. and that's and so that's it was a good choice of writer for this particular book. Now, um, I, I actually want to talk about the art first, and then talk about the writing later because I have I have some things about the writing that I want to talk about. Um, but I really, I actually really enjoy Joe Quinones' art in this. Yeah, it's I great. Too. Um, yeah. It has it has a little bit of a. A little bit of a cartoony it bend does. to it. Um, uh, he's, he's really good at doing like. Uh, kind of exaggerating everything even even little facial expressions and little things like like for example there's this page where they're talking to I cannot remember her name Dottie where they're talking to Dottie and Dottie's getting drunk because she knows she's you know About to close die. to die yeah. <laughs> and the, these little facial expressions right like he's so he's so good at it, at expressive his, his facial expressions are, are great they are great. um and however he might have included like his depictions of Black Canary and Zatanna are both fantastic. I really like when Zatanna puts the illusion on Black Canary to change what she looks like, and I look, she's I look like Power Girl. Yeah, she, she he gives her gives her bigger breasts. And she's like, I look like Power Girl. Holy crap! Not that I'm complaining, I'm but complaining. Um, but um, he quite possibly. Uh, has one of the worst drawings of Superman I've ever seen in my life. In <laughs> it was. It was it's horrible. Really fucking it was terrible. bad. It really was. It's not the worst drawing I've ever seen. No, in no, no, no. The, no I but, think like it was more like Bizarro. Like it's really the, weird. I will yeah. say this: the cameos of most of the male characters are actually pretty bad. Superman, Green, Green Lantern, Lantern wasn't too bad. Who? Green Lantern wasn't too bad. <laughs> Plastic Man or Elastic Plastic Man? Man. And then, no, no, the Keys villain. The Keys villain? They was have it, both was Plastic Man. Is that actually the key? The, yeah. Yeah, the yeah. key. They have both uh, Plastic Man and Elongated Man. Elongated Man, yeah, parts. both of them. That's right, because you need two of those characters with the same powers they in the like universe. They have five of them in the DC universe. I'll have to go. I, I, we, we talked. We talked about this on an early episode really? of Trade Secrets, and we actually listed. We actually listed. There's like a fucking. Uh, there's a fuckload of them. We need all these characters. Yeah, and they're all the same guy. They're all Mister Fantastic. <laughs> Just to prove that Mister Fantastic is not a great guy. 
But know. I, he's a bit of an asshole. I really, I did. I honestly, I, I think, um, I think Quinones has a great, like, a great sense of um, his panel layouts are really good. Yes, uh, his sense of action is really good. Um, not all the male characters back because, like, when um, when Zatanna's dad. The ghost that was good. shows up. That was really, really, really good. good. So, I was, so one of my favorite frames, one of my favorite panels is the panel seven, or um, I guess when you go into the guided view, mm-hmm. seven and eight, right? It's uh, totally... It's, oh, with when she's in the right. Himalayas. So she does this thing where she she's, you know, getting her rite of passage and she has to float, right? And this is where you kind of get a sense of what Zatanna actually has to do to, like, do her user power. She's, like, floating up a mountain, basically. Right. Well, there she says, don't look down, don't look down. And then she has this thing where she, the next frame, she opens that one eye to yeah. look down. It's and really I, and good. it was so awesome. It's so awesome. And then she, she, and then she like starts slipping out of frame yeah, yeah. and waving her arms. And like, yeah. that's a really, that's a really fantastic. It's awesome. That is an awesome transition. That, is, that reminds me very much of the ones we were talking about when we did Rat Queens of the, the panels where um, they were depicting Betty, the, the halfling girl. And, they were show. They would have a, a circle depicting her, but you could only see her from like the mm. nose up because she's so short. Yeah. It's just like it's the, it's the same That's kind of thing awesome. where she's like starts slipping this out is, of yeah, actual out this of frame. Is, this that, those frames seven eight. It's like seven eight nine yeah. are just they're they're pretty. They're just great. This whole that whole beginning of the book, the the art like even this this frame like eight yeah like this facial expression is ridiculous like, yeah you really describe the facial expression because saying this facial expression is okay, really bad I know, for listeners. hd i know hd, <laughs> HD viewers. so early on there's a book where there's i mean there's a part where she sees uh she first meets uh black actually, canary pause for just a sec because yes. uh, what we should do is actually describe what the book is about and then you can talk oh. about this because then it'll make more it'll sense make to sense. people so the book is a, is a it starts as a heist book basically yeah um where um, it, it shows a little bit of stuff that uh, the the inception of the relationship between Black Canary and Zatanna. Mm-hmm. Fast forward to um, an attempted heist uh, of a Vegas casino of a Vegas casino led by a, a group of five women, one of which is apparently a, a witch. Yep. Um, and Black Canary uh, replaces one of the women in order to foil the heist. Right. And in the process of foiling the heist, the the ringleader of the heist gets killed. Um, she kills herself. Kills herself. She kills. Yeah. yeah, I know. <laughs> I was <laughs> getting killed and killing I was, yourself. Or- I was getting there. <laughs> uh, and at that point, fast forward again a year later, and we find out that. Um, the this ringleader has put a blood spell on all the people who were involved in the heist in order to to preserve her own soul and use it to uh, to kill off the rest of the heist members and then eventually potentially take someone over and and effectively come back to life. Um, and that's and the whole story is about how um, Black Canary gets involved in the heist to try and stop it and ends up bringing Zatanna into the. Uh, into the investigation because um, members of the heist crew start dying mm. and brings it, she brings Zatanna in because Zatanna, Zatanna knows magic yeah. and clearly there's magic involved. So let me just, I have one question about this story that didn't make much sense to me. The heist goes down and a member of the Justice League is there to break the heist up, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A year goes by, everyone who is involved in the heist is doing something other than being in prison. 
Yeah. Well, don't you remember the the whole the whole point was that the whole reason that Black Canary was able to get involved was because all of the other members of the crew, with the exception of the witch who was the leader, actually betrayed her. Yeah. Like they they because you remember there, there's the point in the heist where. Um, the leader is expecting the other group. What she's expecting is the other group is going to try and blow the safe and then going to shoot, get into a gunfight with all the guards and, and potentially get killed. But then she's like, hmm, the bombs didn't go off. And that's because Black Canary and the Justice League made a deal with the rest of them to catch the leader. Right. So the rest of them, when they separate, the rest of them leave. And they talk about how they... they Black Canary makes a couple comments about how they... Um, they just back out of the heist entirely yeah. and leave Black Canary to go try and arrest yeah. the other girl. Okay. So that's why they're not in prison because they made the deal so that they wouldn't be in prison, right? Fair enough. So, um, and I think, um, you know, I mean, there's not there's not a hell of a lot else to say about the art. The coloring is fantastic. The art is really good. It, mm. it, it's a really mm-hmm. good portrayal. Uh, one of my favorite scenes, even though it's kind of dumb, was the when they're in the mall together and Zatanna starts... Um, <laughs> Uh, goes to the window of action figures of the Justice League action figures and starts making the uh, the, the uh, black, canary, black green canary, arrow. green arrow action figures like kissy Touch face and, and stuff. Yeah. It's really funny. Um, well, that following that they go, uh, you know, Black Canary makes a mention that well, we donate all those, all those, all those uh, proceeds. Proceeds go to charity. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they go to the Zatanna section where it's the like Zatanna junior magician. Magic yeah. yeah, and she's like. And you donate these proceeds to who? And she's like, uh, mm, uh. and then she's like, you're paying for yeah, lunch. You're paying for lunch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I still don't like. Why were they okay? What I did not like about this scene is she Zatanna. Like, I guess she was like, I'm gonna get changed to go to the mall, and all she does is throw like a leather <laughs> a jacket cap. and a cap, baseball cap on herself to go to the mall. She's still she's in this magician's outfit with the fish nets and stuff like the whole time. Yeah. This is like what she wears everywhere. And I, I thought that's weird. I think I just thought uh, that was kind of weird, but that didn't bother me too much. But I I gotta say one of the things, uh, bringing up the you know the mall scene and everything. One of the things that that felt really kind of inconsistent with this w- were the f- the flashbacks, and it was partially because now I understand that that most of the point of the flashbacks was to demonstrate Zatanna uh, an ability that Zatanna would use later on in the book. However, I feel like it really fucked with the pacing. Um, the first flashback at the beginning of the book where you see Zatanna and Black Canary meet on the mountain really works for later. Um, the second and third flashbacks, not so much? Right. The second flashback is the one in the Justice League uh, space station or whatever. Right. Um, the with the key, and then the third one is the one where it's fucking them fighting Granny Goodness and her henchmen's, and I just don't those two flashbacks just. I understand that kind of the premise was we need to just we need um, Black Canary has is set up as the stronger of the two at the beginning, right? And she's demonstrating that later on in the story she's got this this trust that she's built with Zatanna but I f- it it takes away from the actual like heist and investigation story to me um, especially for me as a personal taste thing I hate the DC universe um, <laughs> I don't mind the Batman universe so much but the rest of the DC universe like 
all the fucking side characters and fucking Plastic Man and and Granny Goddamn Goodness and the Key and these. Wait, can you say that one more time? The Key, the Key. Stupid. Like I, I, I've always had a problem with it because I just. I understand that D- that it's it's playing to a specific audience. There's a huge audience that loves the DC universe and loves how purposely campy it is. Everything is an avatar of something. I I can't stand how purposely campy it is. It's just for me. It just doesn't yeah. play. Yeah. So I like you, raining goodness. So so now, <laughs> what bothers me about this particular story? Now I like I like the heist and investigation story. I like that part of it. I like the team up between Zatanna and, and Black Canary. I think they do a good job of portraying them. But when they when they step away from that storyline and then show the big like fight with Granny Goodness, it does it fails in two respects. One, I think it it takes away from the momentum of the main storyline. And you take the focus of these two characters and then all of a sudden you're thrown into a classic DC cheese ball that detracts from the overall like feel of the, the story yeah, the, and the flow. I, I wouldn't say it's the feel of the story. I mean, like it does, it's out of place, but it, it's out of place in a way that it's jarring. Like you've got this story that's going on and going on and going on. Flash forward, story, you know, story, 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 flashback little bit more story and all sorts of stuff and luke is so disgusted by something that he just walked away from the mic for some reason so i always love calling okay. him out on that keep going no no okay i know that i fucking talk a lot but you i've got hey. three other people hey, this wait, is behind okay, the scenes so, behind the I'm scenes with Eddie Bunnell. i'm talking and talking and i'm looking over and i got fucking nothing to bounce off of him no, like, no i was going to add something i well, was going I, to let I didn't you know think you want an interjection <laughs> at the time this is what i saw so at first yes and i to Comment on the campiness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw that too because when it started off, I was like, okay, you know, you got some sassy banner between the two when they first meet in the Himalayas. Uh-huh. And then she goes and she's breaking up this heist. And then, like, the DC camp comes in because all of a sudden Canary says, yes, I was, I'm part of the Justice League. And I was yeah. like, oh, goddamn, that's right. This is DC. Okay, you know? I, that doesn't bother me only because for people that watch, the, for, for people that are engaged in all the different universes, you may not even know that, you know, the Justice League went into the the hole where they were like an army more so than a than but, like no, the seven members or whatever. You okay. know what I mean? Like, but here's here's my point. The thing is, is I've been reading so many gritty, realist kind of comic <laughs> books now to have something that's so melodramatic. Like, I'm part of the I'm all about good, and I'm part of a league of justice, and I'm here to save people. You know, that's the one thing that is like, okay, this is kind of harkens back to the golden age of comics. You know, yeah. when there were just these archetypes yes. of different stuff. So this needs to be the episode. This this panel right here needs to be the episode <laughs> yeah, thing. Elongated man. Um, so I, yeah. and that's the thing is like okay, I realized yeah, I forgot I'm reading DC because uh, up before that everything was going fine, and I was really enjoying it, and then like the super archetype comes in, like I'm uh, the White Knight and I'm coming here to save because she has a hotline that the people call in so she can save right. women in trouble, and it's like okay, so that was one thing I realized. All right, this is the thing, and then you bring in Green Arrow in his Robin Hood outfit, and I was like, okay, we're going full-on old DC camp. 
Well, I think so, it's the same thing with the key. The key. The, well, yeah, and the that's why like, the key is eighties vision is of the villain. future. Yes, no, so he's like in the eighties. Yes. They're like exactly the, 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 when they're going for they're going for like super campy. When the key pops up, it's like, "Hello, I am villain. Hear me." Do evil, <laughs> like yeah. it's just the way. It- and throughout this thing, this this comic book has its tongue firmly implanted in its cheek. Did Wait, you guys? How do you did know you he's guys the key? Also- could, could it be from all the keys that he's got? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so how now, do you know he's did the you also realize? Here's my one comment about the flash. You can go um, just the flashbacks no, and the flash forwards. So I thought, really, what this this book is explaining is the relationship between the two sure. right and so it goes back to when they first met and Zatanna is, is a completely young girl out of her own just learning her abilities in the second time she's kind of in her adolescent stage of her superhero she has the haircut yeah, and they haircut. and she's <laughs> kind of awkward yeah. and she's meeting all these people and then the third one she's a fully realized woman and superhero that saves the day just by doing something that nobody ever thought about doing hand signals or sign sure. language with her so it's kind of like the progression of Zatanna and I how, see that and um, that's the reason why they had the flashbacks yeah I you know because this whole thing is it's not really about the heist there is the heist but it's more the relationship between the two characters and I feel like I feel like where that where we lose that is that I don't think that the um, it should have been flashback the flashbacks keep getting more recent and then the climax of the story should have tied more to that theme that you're talking about right but i feel like her saving the day versus granny goodness was um it doesn't feel like the climax of the book and the and the the investigation story um is a progression of those flashbacks because that last flashback with granny goodness as you say she is a fully realized superhero who Mm. saves the day and is the hero of the moment and then it's almost like a regression for the climax of the book where she's just like oh yeah i'm i'm here and i'm doing this thing and that's fine and black canary's helping me but it's not a it's not an it's not an escalation right Mm. and and that's where the that's where i think it actually messes with the pacing of the of the heist of the investigation story is that you almost feel like what she's the problem she's solving now is a small time thing after they show her in the granny good. I mean, I have the problem I have with the granny goodness thing is that it's, it's DC universe cheese ball that fucking, that I, I fucking hate, but, yeah. um, but it, it really just, it just, the flashbacks kind of mess with the story to me. Yeah. Um, Dark side, not apocalypse. No, they, the, they were in Apocalypse. They were in Apocalypse. Oh, was that the Apocalypse? Yeah, yeah the that planet. was the place that they're called. Yeah. It's called Apocalypse. Come back, come back with us, Eddie Pidell. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you made me read a DC book. I mean, like, there's some stuff that I'll read that's not Batman, but, like, mostly it's just Vertigo stuff. I, I'm not, like... I get it. Like, hey, look, look. You know what? I was thinking about this on the way up here. Look, I realize that I'm kind of the outsider, and I and I like these things. I like my cheesiness. I like I like my cheese ball. Oh, sure, I know, my like, cheese ball. I'm, shit. I'm, I'm not knocking it, but I, don't, <laughs> I don't expect me to have some sort of like crazy encyclopedic knowledge of the DC universe. Well, that's the thing. I get Every, what you're saying. That's okay, to, and that's one of the things that I actually love about our crew, right? Anne is super indie, like Fantagraphics type stuff. Yeah. That's her. That's her shtick. Yeah, you're the DC guy. You're you of all of us. You're the one who loves DC the most. You're into the DC universe. You like it. Joel is the Marvel guy. Super into Marvel. Super into gritty. Yeah. I'm clearly the image guy. And Andy's the kind of 
jack of all trades reads whatever the fuck is put in front of him yeah and i can read books I yeah like, and, i can and, read and, and i like i like drawers too so <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, uh, so like I'm not familiar with Black Canary, but I have read other stuff with Zantana in it because I'm a big fan of books of magic and uh, the follow up. Zantana, Zatanna, Zantana, Zatara, Zatara. She's got the uh, what's it called when their first and last name are the same letter. <laughs> like I really liked her in Books of Magic because mm-hmm. that book is a lot less normal DC and pretty dark and. People just, just like, oh, I got yeah. magic. I'll use that to murder my opponent. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. Well, I think that's what that's what, honestly that's one of the reasons why I picked this book because like. The, we always talk about the magic universe and how it's like, well, you know, when we were having that conversation about who's the strongest and who's this and who's that. The the magic people in in like most universes, especially Marvel and DC, are always like pushed to the side because it's like they're secretly known to probably be more powerful than yeah. your most powerful mutants or metahumans or whatever. So it's like they're kind of respected by heroes and villains alike. Like, I really don't know. Like, I don't like if you're a villain and you don't have a solid grasp of magic, you don't really want to tangle with yeah, like Doctor Strange. Like, you don't. You're like, oh, it, like the really sort of the like for Marvel at least the balancing act is that you know the reason Doctor Strange isn't getting involved in all these superhero supervillain things is because he's worrying about bigger things, bigger shit. Like he's he, got yeah. He can't he's even got worry about other, just Earth. Yeah, he's, like, he's okay, got other shit. There, there's a cosmic Cthulhu esque entity that exactly. wants to eat the planet. If I'm not paying yeah, attention, yeah, like or like uh, Marvel DC's version is Doctor Fate. You know, yeah. it's like. It's like, yeah, we only call in Dr. Fate when something really, really bad is about to happen. Like no one's ever like, the Spectre, we need you. Someone's yeah, robbing it, a it, bank. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Come I, get this kitten out of a tree. <laughs> and it's like... And Excuse I, and me, Mr. Constantine? <laughs> I've lost my keys. Can you help me? <laughs> yeah, the magic realm... Does anybody in the spirit realm know where my keys are? <laughs> we, never really, we never really touch on the magic realm, and a lot of the books don't ever include... Excuse me. Those characters, and I personally think Zatanna is a very interesting character, just because, specifically because of her attachment to the magic realm, being one of the only few people that's affiliated with the Justice League. Besides, like it's like her and Doctor Fate, and isn't there Justice League Dark now? There is a JLD, yes. Which is like all the supernatural. That's that's pretty much a lot of your supernatural. It's like Swamp Thing and uh, like Constantine's in it. Uh, I think Zatanna is like tied into the book. There's yeah, it's like that's. JLD does specifically focus on the magic aspect of DC, which which I'm glad to see that. Like I, I mean, because like I said, it's, I think it's a very under it's not like underrated, but under uh, represented, yeah, underrepresented or underappreciated piece of both the Marvel and DC universe. I like how there be certain situations where it's like Superman's like, nope, magic. One of my two weaknesses. I'm out. Yeah, he'll, he'll call Batman to deal with magic before he like grab Constantine. Yeah, I'm done. I um. Overall, I enjoyed this. I think that I think there's one other like kind of plotting thing that I wanted to bring up and find out what you guys thought. I feel like one. I feel I actually feel like this was twenty or thirty pages too short. It was pretty short, and I think the reason why I felt it was too short was because I think the conclusion that they jumped to about the ghost woman and i can't remember her name for whatever reason uh, about the ghost woman jumping into the so casino the, owner's body yeah. is real abrupt it's like oh we've got flashbacks and we're showing relationships and there's a little bit of investigation and there's stuff going on and we go we meet one person who we meet one girl who dies because black canary doesn't get there in time we go to meet the second one she's dead in the pool get attacked and then boom we know the end Right, it's like all of a sudden she Zatanna just kind of goes, "I know where he is," 
or where where she is and they go to the guy and it's the end of the book and i feel like i don't know i just feel like it was a, a little bit rushed it was a leap of logic i think right there where it wasn't like there there needed to be a little bit more there needed to be some some more some little bit more of investigation in between that group those two things for them to find out where the last woman was and who was going whose body uh, she had jumped into to try and kill her it just it it really felt like a, I, abrupt to me but i agree that it was short however i think that you left out a lot of key points of the actual progression of the story well um, of course i'm not going to sit here and re- recite well, no, the no, whole no, I mean, just, of the story i mean i just i think the progression of the story i i, I personally believe the progression of the story is just fine and I think that there's little there's little key points in there that are red that are really maybe not gone into in depth but are red that give you enough enough introspect to kind of know what's going to happen next and to know what should happen next. I don't I, I don't really think that the ending was too abrupt. I think I think the progression and Oh okay, so so just just to clarify, I don't think the ending was too abrupt. Mm-hmm. Like the climactic scenes mm-hmm. were good. The whole the whole fight on the stage in the right. in the Vegas casino and the the classic campy where the fuck did this drill thing come from kind of like it's it's very campy dc stuff like like you know it's it's practically a you know i'm gonna kill you by rolling over you with a giant penny right uh train track girl tied to a train tracks but it's that's not what i had a problem with it was just that jump it was just that jump from from the girl's apartment to the casino what just felt really like there just needed to be some a little more in there so, I don't know. I, I overall, overall, I enjoyed it. Mm. Um, it's got some of those. It's got some of those DC camps that pull me out because I'm not a DC fan. But I liked, I liked kind of the lighthearted nature of the mm. whole thing. I really liked the relationship between Black Canary and Zatanna a lot. Yeah, that's because neither of them are characters that I ever give a fuck about, and this book made me. Give care about the plight of what was going yeah. on and yeah. care about the characters. At least for a book. Um, so I think we better do buy, borrow, burn because we're kind of running out of time here. So Andy. Borrow. It's a good book, but I wanted to see more of it. Okay. Joel? Yeah, I'll borrow it. Cool. Borrow. Yeah. Eddie? It was your choice. Uh, so Borrow from Joel. <laughs> <laughs> That I borrowed from Andy. Uh, yeah, you, you borrow from Andy. I mean, yeah, borrow. Yeah, yeah. Um, I definitely borrow. I'm borrow too. Like I, I liked it. I didn't think it was fantastic, but I thought it's. I think it's worth a read, especially because of maybe because of the fact that it is a little short. So it's a pretty, yeah. it's a pretty fast That's read. Um, I, I think simply because of the fact that you know Paul Dini's on it. I enjoy Batman yeah, animated series. That, that's so like, good. yeah, like mm. Batman the animated series is near and dear to me. Paul Dean was a member of that. It's mm-hmm. kind of like you know, it's just one of those things. It's just this isn't Dini's art, though. No, Andy. it's not Dini's. He wrote Dini's it. writing. Or Joe Quinones. Joe's Quinones art. Ignore me. I'm, I'm <laughs> Come back to us, Andy. You're, cor- you're correct. Paul Dini's art is very good, but so, so, it's n- has nothing to do with this book. We unfortunately don't have a hell of a lot of time to address a listener email that we got, so we will do that on the next show. Um, but for the next two episodes, we've got the next two episodes planned out and then tentative for the for a couple others, or three episodes, sorry. Uh, episode 74, we're doing iZombie, which was a Vertigo book uh, written by Chris Robertson that is being turned into a television show. 
Um, and it was all over San Diego Comic Con. Do, like, um, do anybody have a copy of that? Uh, we'll get it. I I do not, but I'm going to buy it. Um, mm. Episode 75 is going to be Velvet, the uh, Brubaker Epting book. Brubaker and Epting were on Captain America together for like eight years or mm. seven years, and they did this book Velvet that we're going to do on the show. And then 76 will be Andy's suggestion of Jersey Gods. Yeah. Um, so those are the next three episodes planned out. Uh, if you guys, if anybody out there wants to be a part of the show, um, we will eventually actually read listener emails. I know we've got one in the queue that we didn't get to, that we didn't have time to get it's to. Totally this Luke's time. fault. I'm just it saying, is, if Luke would have showed up when he wanted everyone to be ready by, then we would have had time for it. No, actually, we don't have time for it because we actually filled our segments. What? Yeah. So well, happy belated Batman <coughs> Day to anybody who cares. Cause I care, <laughs> and I I did not brood hard enough. Yeah, I need to brood harder. So, anyway, uh, yeah, you can hit us up on Twitter at Trade Secrets Pod, or you can hit up our Facebook group at Facebook. Yes, it's that. Rodyard Coupling. Yeah. Facebook.com slash groups slash Trade Secrets Podcast. And we are very active on the Facebook group now and slightly active on Twitter. We've all got our own Twitter accounts. Andy? Mathastrophe. Joel? Superfly Duck. Superfly. <laughs> at, at Superfly. Look at Booker. You make Ooh, one mistake. Superfly.com. One man's name. I'm on tilt. We pronounce one man's name wrong <laughs> and forever. It'll live in infamy. Bookyard Caplog. Eddie, what's your Twitter? Uh, it's at Grape Doctor. I'm at Geek Elite. Uh, hit us up on Twitter. Hit us yeah. up on the group. Hit us up on email, and we will we will read your emails on the show. I pr- Scanner Fifty One keeps sending us emails that we need to eventually address, and I promise that we I promise that we will send on the uh, we will Normally talk about burns. them on the next show. So, I Zombie Velvet Jersey Gods coming up next. This has been episode seventy three of the Trade Secrets Podcast. Thank you, Andy. You're welcome. Thank you, Eddie. Oh, I thought Joel was next. <laughs> you're listen, most welcome, names. Luke gotta, Matthews. Stay on the ball. Thank you, Joel. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. I am Luke, and we are out. <laughs>